Welcome to The Gathering Place with Blessed Is She. I'm Jenna Gizar. And I'm Beth Davis. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Or you could just keep doing what you're doing. Pull up a chair in your heart. (laughs) Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hi, Jenna. Hi. (laughs) How are you? Great. Tell me more. Well, I'm just so excited Mm -hmm. because this weekend is our writer's retreat. Yeah. With our writers from Blessed Is She. All of our people are coming. Did you know, dear listener, that we have 40 writers on our Blessed Is She team, and we send out daily devotions to your email inbox every single day, and they're free, and they unpack scripture. You can sign up for yourself at blessedishe.net slash subscribe. It's the best. Yeah, so they're an amazing, diverse, gifted group of women whom we love, and once a year we get to hang out in person. I know. I wish we could do it more often. Well, sometimes we see them on the Shine Retreats, which is just the best. Right. But to have everybody together is so cool. Right. Some it's of them, not just like a couple of them on retreat. Yes. And some of them have never met. Isn't that crazy? Well, I mean, it makes sense. They're like all over the country. Totally. And Canada. We're <laughs> looking at you, Christy. Can't forget about you, friend. <laughs> I think the best part of the daily devotions from these writers. Tell me. It's just that we're seeing regular women reading scripture and applying scripture to our everyday lives. Absolutely. I've heard from people that they didn't know they could do that. It's like we have one lens for reading scripture and it's like the religious lens and we hear it at mass, but it's sort of static yeah. at times. And we just think... This is a very Jesus-y thing that Jesus said, but it doesn't necessarily resonate with us or we don't even know how to apply it. But the way the writers take just a portion of a scripture, a phrase, a word, a theme, and apply it to their modern day life and vocation, it's so educational. Yeah. When was it the first time that scripture came alive for you? Ooh, good question. Because I think everything changes once that happens. Yeah. You know? Yeah, a priest introduced me to Ignatian contemplation. Like, I never knew that I could imaginatively enter into a scene, see Jesus, watch him interact with people, interact with him myself, and that that wasn't wrong or weird or that wasn't just a fantasy, that that was actually prayer infused with the Holy Spirit. And it became very personal. So then what? You just started devouring scripture? Yeah, I started entering into like every single scene I could. Yeah. Everything that I'd already been drawn to, something in my heart kind of leapt at, I would then start to imagine myself in the scene. And I went from being a bystander watching Jesus, like watching a movie, to then talking to him as a person being healed, like a person that he's conversing with in the scripture, to then being one of the disciples with him, to then just being myself, maybe in the context, maybe in the physical setting of that scripture, but our conversation having nothing to do with what was actually on the page. Yeah. It was like a progression in intimacy. Well, and ultimately, I think that's what prayer is, is this conversation of you being able to talk to the Lord and be honest with him and say, this is what's going on, which does extend from things in scripture. 
Yeah. The disciples just walking around. He talked to them. Yeah. So we're his disciples too. So he talks to us. Right. Yeah. And having the framework of the scripture and entering into this story gave me a starting place. Yeah. What about you? When did scripture come alive for you? I mean, I think I always entered into stories that verbiage and language and idea was really easy for me to adopt. It wasn't difficult for me to understand. I've related a couple of times how I relate it to movies and watching movies. I always secretly wanted to be a director, I think. You are. That's what's so cool. What do you mean? You're literally directing. No, like a movie director. No, I know, but look it. It's just so cool. Anyway. Yeah. Think about your favorite book turned movie. And that director imagined that book coming to life. Yeah. That's what we can do when we read scripture. We can just imagine this coming to life and we're a character in the story. I've actually recently had this experience. I just finished reading a book that has already been purchased and optioned for a movie. So I know reading the book that this is going to be a movie. Yeah. And as I've been reading, I'm like, how are they possibly going to convey that? This is all happening in her head. And I can't wait to see it fleshed out because I'm only seeing it on this like one dimensional level on the page. Right. But I'm excited to see how someone else will communicate that in a different medium. Well, and you're trying to imagine it yourself, totally. which I think is the point. We're yeah. just imagining what it is we're reading, not imagining a far off thing. This actually happened. It's yes. not fiction, but we're just fleshing it out in our heads and at times entering into the story. That's the thing, Jenna, is that it's real. It happened. <sighs> Changes everything. Why are we okay imagining books and movies? Yeah. But we think it's Weird. wrong. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Weird or wrong. <laughs> To imagine scripture. Yeah, it's not. It's a real thing. It was huge for me. I made a pilgrimage to the Holy Land six years ago now. And for me, that changed everything. I remember vividly sitting on a boat on the Sea of Galilee saying to myself, it's real. He walked on this water. It's not like he walked on water. Isn't that a comforting thought? He's powerful. He can do anything. He's God. But like this is the water. It's a real place because he was a real person and it really happened. Yeah. Seeing all of the geography of Israel was like that for me. Oh, he was human and he walked all these miles that I'm riding on a bus. He lived in this little house. He was born because he's real. Yeah. So I always, I think, had an easier time imagining scripture. It was generally easy for me to enter into it and be a character or be the one who's being healed, like you said. But I think I owned it more with BISVBS. That was my first time reading a book from start to finish. It's a different experience, isn't it? It is. What was the biggest fruit of reading it start to finish for you? Well, I think seeing his life, obviously, just seeing him move from place to place, as opposed to when you hear it at mass or when you're reading it in the daily readings, it just seems like a stagnant moment, right? Yeah. But in scripture, you're seeing that, oh, you went from being on the land to then crossing the sea to see the Gerasene demoniac. It's not just, he was just there and he saw the Gerasene demoniac and healed him. There was a whole story that happened before then. Yeah. There was life before then. There was life in it. There's life after That's one of my favorite contexts to talk about. Yeah. Because you know, the Gerasene demoniac is my favorite chapter in most of scripture. Yeah. He's my favorite guy in Mark, which is the Bible study that we did this last summer. But there is something very important that happens before he gets healed. And that is that there's a storm at sea. 
There is literal demonic opposition to Jesus coming to set this man free. And you miss that if you just piecemeal the scripture. Yeah. So it was huge for me. It came to life for me. I saw a common theme the entire time, which was really cool. It wasn't just, oh, I really like this one scripture story. Which is how I felt about Mark 5, 41, mm. my favorite Bible verse, which is Chalitha Kum, little girl I say to arise. It was like a really beautiful capture of the Lord constantly raising me up when I am feeling defeated or dead inside or just not feeling alive. He's constantly calling me to come to life and to arise and to be with him. And so that was always like a poignant scripture for me. But then to read an entire book, and just see a common theme throughout the whole thing was huge. And I'm still seeing so much fruit from it. But a common theme for me when we did Mark during BISVBS in the summer was just having faith, being one of the people that Jesus called into the room and said, you can be here when I raise this little girl from the dead, for yeah. example. This week we had our Blessed Is She Phoenix monthly night, which rocked my world and was so good. We we're praying a lot for healing and like for sickness and just interceding for people. And I just kept on saying, I want to be the person with faith. I want to be the one that you do this in front of. I want to be the one that you call into the room to raise someone from the dead. I want to be living my life with that much faith. So even this week in September, I'm still really processing that when we did that months ago. And I don't think I'll stop processing it, you know? It's life-changing. Yeah. It's life-defining. Totally. It's given you like a direction that you want to live with that kind of faith. Yeah. It's really inspiring to me. And it's just because we sat down and read a chapter every day. From that insight of Jesus only calling certain people into the room, I think I've like wrestled with that. Why was it only the three? Why did he only show himself to them on the Mount of Transfiguration? Why were they the only ones in the room at this time? And it's faith. It wasn't favoritism. It's faith. So cool. Are you praying differently because of that? Yeah, I'm praying with more belief. Wow. I have more belief that the Lord's going to heal, that he's going to heal broken hearts, that he's going to restore everything. What was a common theme for you through Mark? I know you've read it before, and you had just recently read it before we started. Well, I read it with one of our writers, Elise, and we actually, just for ourselves, wanted to read a book together and had adopted that format of reading a chapter a day. And then we would just text each other our takeaway for the day. And that was really the inspiration for BISVBS. So I had just finished Mark when we started Mark. So even as you're asking me that, I'm like, my takeaway the first time around was, I think, very different than my takeaway the second time around. Mm. I think the first time around, I was really moved by how present Jesus was to people, even when he was tired, even when he'd already answered that question, (laughs) even when he'd already given so much and they still wanted more. And he just met them with gentleness and love. And he did it every time. He went outside of himself. And the second time through, I realized how there was a little bit of shame in that interpretation for me. I was mostly reading it and seeing how Jesus did that and how much I don't do that. 
it was subtle, you have to understand, but there was this subtle, I want to be better. I want to be more like Jesus. And that's a good thing at the heart of it. But there was definitely a sense of like falling short. And I think the adjustment I had to make, how I would like to interpret his presence instead, his patience, his generosity, instead of thinking about trying to be like him, which is a beautiful resolution, I think instead I would like to think about how he is that to me. And from there, I think the fruit of that, feeling heard and seen and provided for and loved, I think the fruit of that is that I can do that for other people. But I don't think I can skip that step. The theme of our team retreat came from Mark 5. Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For they were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. That was a big takeaway for me. You know, one that I keep coming back to that I shared on VBS is that in the multiplication of loaves and fishes multiple times, Jesus has baskets left over. And I had always read that with this optimistic, metaphorical meaning. But I had shared that now that I do catering on our retreats, and leftover food or running out of food is my worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I now look at seven baskets left over for 4,000 people, and I think, that was pretty spot on, Lord. Yeah. Whereas before, I was this idea of abundance and like provision. Yeah. Now I'm like, no, he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. So that was a good one. That's cool. Probably because I'm still doing a lot of catering. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just good to keep reading it. And there were different things the second time around. And I had read it before that even. So Mm -hmm. it's beautiful the way our faith, our journey with the Lord is really cyclical, but it's almost like a corkscrew that we go around, but the next time we go around, we're a little bit deeper. And the next Mm -hmm. time we go around, we've gone a little bit deeper. So we're revisiting similar themes. It's the same story, but he's like peeling it back and showing us more. And we're changed. And so it means something different to us. And we have more experience with the Lord. So now we see a different side of his face or a different aspect of his character than we saw before, reading the exact same story. Or similarly, ascending a mountain. You're going around, but now you're up higher and the view is a little bit wider. Mm -hmm. You go around again. It's like, here we go again, but now we're up higher. My perspective is bigger. The thing looks smaller. You know, scripture's inexhaustible that way. There's always something new. Totally. So we're going to do VBS again. Can't wait. We're gearing up. Cannot wait. (laughs) Me too. It's going to be so good. We're starting next week on Wednesday, September 25th. We're going to go live on Insta. At... 1230 Eastern, and we're just going to read one chapter a day. We're going to share one takeaway a day. Yeah. And what book are we reading? We are reading the Acts of the Apostles. It's the book I read that made me fall in love with scripture. I think I read it in one night. That's crazy because there's a lot to unpack in that. Yeah. I just had decided I want to read a book start to finish. Wow. And you went for it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the Lord, it's the Holy Spirit for sure. But I sat down and I read and I was kind of like, this is real? This happened? It's this crazy. Is, this is kind of unbelievable. It is unbelievable. There are like some fantastical things that happen in Acts. They don't make sense. Right. People are raised from the dead. It's nuts. The apostles do it, not Jesus. Sweet little Peter. Yes. What are you doing, Peter? You're crazy. 
It's nuts. It's so cool. It's called the Holy Spirit. It's action-packed. I can't wait. Me neither. I cannot wait. Yeah, so you have to join us every single weekday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern on the Insta. If you cannot catch it live, read it on your own. Read it with a friend. Text a friend. Tell her your takeaway. And also it'll be on YouTube. Do it with your spouse. We've heard of people doing this with their spouses. And what a gift. Like you can read scripture together. Yeah. You don't need an expensive commentary Mm -mm. or a Bible study. You don't have to sign up for a class and show up at a certain time every week. And if you don't go, you get lost or kicked out. Like you just read one chapter a day and you share one thing that struck you. Mm-hmm. But if you've been a part of VBS before, you know that one thing usually leads to many things. Right. Yeah. And then you just start sharing your heart. Then you start to think differently, talk differently. The word, man. It's crazy. I remember last week I asked you how you were doing with something. And you said, well, when I prayed, I read this in scripture. And it was like the answer yeah, to all your stuff. Totally. It was so cool. Yeah. He has so many answers in there. It's nutso. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys, I just have no verbiage. I just say things like, it's crazy and it's nutso. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. Can't wait to read all about Peter and John hanging out together. I know. Me too. Bunch of cuties. Going to jail together. I'd go to jail with you, Beth. Jenna, thank you. You're welcome. I would love to go to jail with you. We could just pray the whole time in there. I bet it was much easier to go to jail with a friend. You're so much more bold with a friend. Totally. If you're just in there, I'm like, man, I just got put in jail. Just trying to do the right thing. Trying to talk about the Lord. Look what happens. But if I'm in there with Peter, I'm like, let's not waste an opportunity to save some souls and preach the gospel. Yeah. I think people might read Acts and think this is only for people in ministry. What? Don't you think? No. Okay, this is prefacing if you actually put yourself in scripture and you like imagine yourself as Peter and John, which is kind of what we're doing when we're talking about going to jail and talking about preaching the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. We're like imagining ourselves as Peter and John, yeah. as the apostles. So if you, as a regular layperson, Think of yourself as Peter and John. Peter like stood up in front of thousands of people and told them to repent. But I feel like the regular old mom with a few kids or a college student just going to class doesn't feel like she's going to stand up in front of 3,000 people. I think it looks like something that's for someone who has a stage or who has a platform. Well, you know, this is why I think acts will be good for people. Yeah. is because I think we're more familiar with those grand moments like at Pentecost when Peter's speaking to the crowds. Yeah. But I often think the scene that's defining to me of Acts is in Acts chapter 3 when Peter and John are just walking through, is it a marketplace? Is it the temple? I don't remember. This yeah. is why we're reading it again. Right. And he's like, hey, this guy's begging. I don't he's have like, anything He's like, I'm not going to give you any money. Yeah, I don't have anything to give you, but I'll give you what I have, which is Jesus Christ. That's what everybody can that's do. That's no platform. Right. Yeah. Yes. You don't need to be in ministry to give someone what you have. You have Jesus. That's what you need to give in your office. That's what you need to give in your home to your children. That's what you need to give 
to that annoying neighbor who wants to chat with you and you're trying to avoid. That's what you need with that person you're grouped with in a, for a group project. Yeah. And they are not pulling their weight. You just got to give them Jesus Christ. <laughs> you're like, I have nothing for you because you're so enraging, but I have Jesus. Yeah. And I'll give them to you. Yeah. Can I tell you something? I actually Please, think Beth. the disciples in the Gospels are less accessible than the disciples in Acts. And I'll tell you why. Because I think it's easy to look at the Gospels and say, well, they were with Jesus. They saw him. They walked with him. They have that evidence with their own eyes. But in Acts, they only have the same Holy Spirit that we have. That's yeah. all they have. And by all, I mean they have everything totally. the same way that we have everything, which is why I think Acts is revolutionary. That's what our life is supposed to be like. If we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, we should be able to raise the dead. Are you kidding me? Right. I'm like afraid to pray for a little girl who has a traumatic brain injury because I don't want to be disappointed I if I ask the Lord to heal her and he doesn't. What the heck? That's not Holy Spirit faith. Mm -mm. That's not Holy Spirit power. So mm -mm. I can't wait to read Acts and start praying for big, bold things. You know? Okay. What about for the people who think this was just written 2,000 years ago? What does it have to do with us? Okay. Well, let's talk about John's brother, James, being murdered. I think if you look at John and you look at James, you might think, that's kind of wild. That doesn't really apply to my life. They're both out there in the temple. What is a temple even? <laughs> you might think. That's wild. What is this life? What is this voice? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to do like a disinterested person. Like, this has nothing to do with my life. Yeah. That's how you guys talk, right? When you're disinterested. Anyway. But if you boil it down to the very essence, James and John were brothers, and his brother died. And haven't we all lost someone? And yet, in the midst of grief, John was not swayed from his mission. He didn't question if Jesus was real or loved him or wanted him to do something different with his life. He just kept on with the Lord. So I think sometimes we have to take off the particulars of the historical time, just some of the details I think, need to diminish to get down to the true essence of it, which is universal, us and the Lord. What are you excited about, about Acts? I can't wait to read some commentary on Ananias. And Sapphira? Yeah, that's confusing. Peter, calm down. It's a very, it's a very weird. I mean, what? Chapter 5, spoiler Yikes. alert. We will have a commentary for yeah, that. Yeah, we're going to need to pull out commentary for that one. Yeah. I'm excited to sit with Paul. So the first half of Acts is really Peter and John. Yeah. It's mostly that's what Peter, I love. honestly. Yeah. And then the second half is Paul. Oh. It's really cool. I'm so loving all of these spoiler alerts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to tell people. The goodness to come. It's incredible. You're going to feel so much more knowledgeable yeah. about the faith. You're going to feel so much more connected to Jesus. You're going to feel so much more secure, confirmed in your identity as an apostle yeah. when you read Acts. There's going to be 
grapefruit. This is like the most important thing. And it's free and it's for us. And all we have to do is tell people about it. Yeah. Yeah, we're not doing this to have something to do. It's not about followers. It doesn't cost anything. It's not like we're making a profit off of this. No. We're doing it because we think it'll make your life better. We know it will. I want to feel more empowered as an apostle. I want to feel more inspired. I want to feel like it's all worth it. In the midst of suffering, in the midst of doubt and loss, and when things don't go right, I want to start thinking when I go to jail that that's a good thing. Start rejoicing. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get flogged and think, well, bless the Lord. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be good. Jenna, let's pray for BISVBS, and let's just ask the Lord to do whatever he wants to do. Let's. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. You are welcome here. Thank you for coming upon the disciples. Thank you for coming to live on the inside of us. Thank you for changing our lives. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be our constant companion in this VBS. I pray that you would enlighten our minds to understand even more deeply who you are and how you are and what you have for us. Holy Spirit, would you go out now and would you gather all of these women all over the world around your word and would you give to them exactly what they need? Help them to find the answers that they're longing for and looking for. Help them to find those answers in Scripture. We love you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, Beth. Jenna, thank you. This has been a real joy. Can't wait to see you on Wednesday, September 25th. Cannot wait for Wednesday. On Instagram. I'll be there. 1230 Eastern. (laughs) See you then. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for gathering with us here on the Blessed Is She podcast. Send over all your questions using the Anchor app. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us at blessedishe.net slash community and join us on all your favorite social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I love Twitter. Until next time.